0: It's been one hell of a day. I wish I could say it's only today, but with this job, it's more like a never-ending series of hellish days amounting to one hell of an eternity. I'm finding myself even more exhausted than usual as I'm finishing the day's rounds. As an Evergreen's Edge Park ranger, I'm tasked with maintaining the grounds here. I also let visitors into the park, give basic information, answer questions. I'm assuming those are the only normal ranger duties I perform, but I wouldn't know. I'd never even met a park ranger until I found myself here. As I round the bend several miles into the trail, I come upon this morning's hiker, what's left of him, at least. His remains, mostly skeletal now, lay in a mound, discarded on the side of the footpath. The nearby trees have already begun to feed. Their roots outstretched the tentacles, slithering toward the last pieces of the ill-fated man, releasing their corrosive toxin over the final chunk, a foot. The flesh melts to slide right off the bones, dissolving into the forest floor. I wish I could say I'm disturbed by any part of this, but mostly, I'm just thankful. The hunter left the hiker's body off the trail, makes my job easier. The beastly trees rebury their roots, creaking and groaning as they settle. There really is nothing quite as unsettling as the sounds of the trees feeding at night, sucking up the visitors' liquefied remains from the ground. I'm guessing that if I were employed at any of the 419 actually sanctioned national parks, ensuring visitor safety would be a key component of my job. Not here though, the grounds demand blood and there will be hell to pay if they go unsatisfied. I swear the trees require blood more than water. I continue my rounds past a massive pit normally covered by brush, a trap. Soft whimpers arise from the hole, but I pay it no mind. The hunter's done well today. I hike by a precipice, hear the woman's shrieks as expected. For once, (laughs) she doesn't sound pained, confused. She sounds triumphant. Everything is as it should be. I come to the final incline before the true gem of this park, the panoramic view on the edge. Dusk is starting to fall, true dusk, not midday dusk, but it's still a sight to behold, an endless sea of green treetops. It's here that, instead of continuing the path down the mountain, I veer off course into the thicket of trees. The foliage is so dense that I have to clear the thick branches with my knife. The trees shriek with each amputation. I watch the ground carefully to avoid tripping over roots. In this moment, I realize that I'm frightened, terrified, yet exhilarated for the first time since I discovered this place. I wish I could say I was different from the rest of the visitors. Relentless in their quest for Evergreen's Edge, they pour all of their time, money, and energy into the pursuit. But the truth is, I'm just like them. A lifetime ago, I lost everything, family, job, and sanity to find this place. Well, I didn't really lose everything so much as I gave it away. It was all over for me from the moment I first read about Evergreen's Edge. I left everything behind to come here. So optimistic, so naive. I was a cryptozoologist with an insatiable curiosity, driven to uncover the existence of the world's most mysterious and elusive creatures. And find them, I did. A bear with a gaping pit of teeth, for a face shredded me with his claws on first sight. I chose to ignore the overwhelming dread I felt leading up to my demise, just like the others do. We swallow our apprehensions because we've been searching for so long. Yet the longer one stays here, the more likely they are to encounter something horrible or worse, to do something they'd never imagined themselves capable of doing. There's something deep in this forest, capable of manipulating even the strongest-willed individuals. It draws you in, corrupts and distorts your thoughts, obsessions, insecurities. It can't be stopped. It's pull too enticing. People keep coming, A 100 years, here, and I still don't know what this place is, what any of it means. All I know is I'm tired and I'm giving in. I'm allowing my feet to follow that pull. I know I'm getting closer as a feeling of madness starts to boil my brains. The trees are so massive now that I can't trace the trunks to their tops. Seems to go on forever. What I initially assume is a pine cone tumbles from high above. When it lands with a squelch, I find that it's a human heart still beating. A squirrel with goat's eyes emerges to feast on the organ. I stumble upon a clearing and follow the ground as it slopes downward to reveal a massive, hollowed out tree stump. Its gnarled roots extend far into the distance, coated in patches of blackened moss. I'm nearing the heart of Evergreen's Edge. Dread overwhelms me as I trudge closer, but dread is more appealing to me now than the never-ending drudgery. Peering over the stump, I see nothing but inky blackness, a void. Dingy green mist rolls up and over its edges. If there's a way out of here, This must be it. I don't know where it leads, but I'm going to find out. It has to be better than this. This is Ranger Cecil signing off. The route has been long and complicated, but I'm finally here. Part of me didn't believe it until I passed the sign for Evergreen's Edge National Park. I've been searching for this place for longer than I'd like to admit. Despite once being recognized as a national park, its status was pulled within months of opening. Now it's near impossible to find any information on its location. Even still, dedicated lovers of the outdoors seek the park out to add to their experiences hiking, backpacking, or climbing. I've hiked every national park in the country, and I intend to hike Evergreen Edge. I've scoured countless forms over the past year, made several bunk trips, but I finally found it, and I'm finally here. I pull down the gravel road to check in with the park ranger. There's no entry fee today, he says, straightening the brim of his tan hat. But I will have to warn you, beware of the predators. I chuckle in return. No need to worry about me, sir. I know how to conduct myself around big cats or bears. He just nods and offers a smile before lifting the bar to allow my vehicle to pass through. I park my truck and gather my supplies before locating the trailhead that'll take me to the edge. I enter the towering forest, buzzing with excitement. Immediately, I'm surrounded on either side by densely packed pine trees, taller than I've ever seen, older than I can possibly fathom. They call it Evergreen's Edge because there's a huge drop off at the trail's peak, one where you can see for miles, apparently. The first leg of the trek is all uphill, but I'm in good shape from years of outdoor exercise. I'm only several minutes into the hike when it starts to get dark. It's normal to expect shade in such a thick forest, but this isn't shade. The sun is starting to dip low behind the trees, I'm confused because I arrived in late morning. According to my watch, it's about noon. The sun should be blaring down high in the sky. I'm confused, but I've resolved to make the hike, and now that I'm here, I'm not going to turn back. I'm an experienced hiker. I'll be fine, I tell myself, and continue on the path. The natural light continues to dim, almost like some premature dusk, until I hear the soft crunch of a leaf underfoot somewhere behind me, off the trail. I start humming to myself. It's probably a mountain lion, and I've dealt with them before. Noises can startle them off. Snap, a twig breaks, still behind me, closer. My breaths come rapid and shallow. I realize that I'm walking faster, that I'm humming louder to ward off the cat. Crap! another twig, just feet behind me, so loud that it sounds almost intentional, but it can't be, it's not possible. It's close enough now that I know I'll have to confront the predator. The trees beside me start to stir as I lob my backpack onto the ground, rip the back of my jacket up behind my head, and yell. Something emerges from the wall of green, but it's not a mountain lion. It's a man, or at least I assume so. His face is concealed by a plastic cat mask. He's dressed in dark clothing, and he's holding a machete in one hand. He cocks his head to one side in response to my stance, my shout. I'm frozen in place as the figure approaches. The park ranger from the entry comes up on the trail. I call out for help. He just pauses for an agonizingly long minute, then turns to continue back down the way he came. The look on his face says it all. He tried to warn me about the predators in the forest. He just didn't tell me what kind of predator I should watch out for.
1: When I wake, all I feel is pain, a splitting agony in my arm, a relentless throbbing in my skull, a dull ache in my ankle. I'm troubled to find that I'm not at home in bed, safe in my husband's arms. Troubled to find that I don't know where I am at all. The sun searing my eyes clearly shows me that I'm outside, but where? The ground beneath me is uneven and rough, jutting into my back in several places. As my eyes adjust, I see that I'm in a clearing in some forest, and I'm alone. Not only that, but I'm hurt, and badly. I risk a glimpse down at my left arm only to find it broken, utterly mangled. I'm horrified by the sight of it. The bones of my forearm have snapped into a gruesome compound fracture. My anxiety escalates, giving way to abject terror. I know that I'll likely die if I don't find a way out soon. I'm sure there are predators here, and I'm easy prey. I hoist my upper body up with my right arm to sit, wincing as I reposition my injured arm. Luckily, my ankle isn't in as bad or worse shape. It's twisted, but I should be able to walk. Slowly, laboriously, I use my good hand on a boulder as leverage to lift myself off the ground, shifting my weight onto my relatively intact leg. Already, I'm exhausted, needing a break. My heart sinks, I'll never get out of it like this. An abrupt sound stirs me out of hopelessness. It's a man's voice, not just any man's voice. My husband's voice, and he's calling my name. Lathar! He calls from far above, and I can hear that he's winded. He must have been searching high and low for me. Lathar, I'm here! I track the sound of his voice up the side of a cliff beside me. A vague understanding begins to form in my mind. A hazy memory of a sudden plummet down the shelf of rock. Eli, honey, I'm down here! I shouted. I hear my husband shuffle onto the cliff. Something in the way he moves sounds different, slower, more deliberate. As he peers over the edge down at me, I understand why. Gone is the strong, agile Eli I know, replaced by a man with silver-white hair and deep-set wrinkles. Still, I can't deny that it's him. I just know it is. Eli! Help! I yell, but he provides no response. Instead, he silently catches his breath, appears to think deeply for several minutes, until... Finally, he speaks. Letha, I... I know I didn't do right by you, he shouts, tone wavering. I wasn't faithful to you. I let my eye wander until I found someone new. I should have just appreciated you while you were mine, while you were still here. What's going on, Eli? Please, I don't understand. He draws in a shaking breath. My new wife used me, spent every dollar I ever made, let me dry i'm left with nothing he wails sniffling (laughs) crying and to think i i pushed you let you fall to your death here for her my blood runs cold as i recall his betrayal that forced me down to the ground harsh and unyielding i can hear eli retreating now leaving me here to languish again just as he did however many years ago i'm startled to hear rapid footfalls coming down hard upon the overhang a running start before my husband launches himself off the precipice he crashes down just yards from me dying on impact eventually he wakes disoriented and confused lying supine on that boulder i'm standing over him his face is so brutalized that he's barely recognizable but i think he would have smiled if he could uh, later he sputters mouth dribbling blood w- what's happened you had a fall honey I reply, tightening my grip on the sharpened rock in my hand. Hours later, he's out cold again. I'll continue exacting my revenge later, but for now I must stay awake. I'm starting to get tired, but I can't lay down to rest. I can't forget again.
0: Thanks for tuning in. If you haven't already, go check out my animated horror stories on YouTube. Just search Dr. No Sleep in the search bar to find my channel.